This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. It is. There's a lot that's happened the past few days that we need to cover. What do you think? Yeah, there. let's start with, maybe we could start with what happened in Anaheim. Let's start with what happened on Saturday. Okay. Morning. Off the foot of Owens, picked up by Perkins, picks it up, that's it, there's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. The Red Raiders of Texas Tech are going to the Final Four for the first time in program history. You heard that right, folks. Texas Tech is in the Final Four. Get some. Kevin Harlan is my guy. That's just the icing. Dude, he's so good. That's the icing on that cake. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to hear that voice call that. Huge fan. Been a huge fan for 20 plus years now, probably. Texas Tech defeats Michigan and then Gonzaga in Anaheim to advance from the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight to the Final Four. Did we mention already it's the first time ever? First time ever. Dude, this is nuts. How how did you how did okay now Michigan, Wait. how did you watch the Michigan game? Michi- I know how you watched <laughs> the Gonzaga game. Michigan game was at home. I, I watched it at home okay, with, me with, too. With, with Samantha. Okay, me too. Um And that was fun because it was one of those games where like I mean, yes, it was close early because the defenses were just like locked down. But like once you saw Michigan kind of struggle on offense, like the game never felt in question. Right. Like at six points or four points, whatever it was, at that first timeout, you're like, okay. We're it, in this. It, we're, it, it's going to be a race to 20 points. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> because Michigan did not get to 20 points in the first half. <laughs> Suck on that, Wolverines. <laughs> Man, spit and fire. Yeah, so before we get into the the real deep analysis breakdown, Texas Tech going to the Final Four, you know where that's at? Yeah, I do. I, I've, I've heard of, a, I don't know, somewhere on the West Coast. Uh, think about Upper Midwest, where it gets cold. Because it gets cold like Minnesota. 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 Yeah. 
I can't even take it seriously. This dude's riding on a Zamboni. <laughs> yeah, the music video is great. If y'all haven't seen it, y'all got to check it out. Little Yachty. Okay, before we get any further into that song. Man, and I totally butchered your intro on that because I thought you were going to play California because we had just... I I, told, I misheard you completely. Oh, no, well. No, no. See, that, that was where uh, the Elite Eight and Sweet 16 were. Right, when, right. When we played... Um, going back to California, California like 18 times in the last episode, which I'm going to go ahead and take credit for. Texas Tech's success in California was was because of us. Had something to do with Phantom Planet and yeah. us. That was all us uh, playing California. Everybody juiced up for that. So, yeah, man. Um, Texas Tech, Final Four. It's, like, still surreal. Like, I say that, and it doesn't, like, like, this is this is it, man. You're two games away from a national championship, a possible national championship. What's what's crazier is that after watching just just based off the tournament, solely based off the tournament, Texas Tech in the final four surprises me less than Duke not being in the final four. If that makes any sense. Just because of the way that Tech has won their games and they didn't have a close game until the fourth game of the tournament. Whereas Duke scraped against like the scraped by in the round of thirty two and sweet sixteen and then finally finally didn't make it out. Yeah, so you, you talk about how they struggled against Gonzaga. Like if you look at the advanced metrics, like Gonzaga's one, two. Oh yeah, there has metrics BPI, the Virginia's up there. And then there's a Duke in there somewhere. Um, so you had, well, we'll get to this in a little bit. You're on your path to the final four. You've had the toughest road outside of like, like Auburn is close, but your, your teams that you've knocked off have been more highly ranked than anybody else left in the tournament. And it would make sense for Auburn to be close because they were higher or they were seated a little bit higher. Right. But... Texas Tech. Or lower. Yeah. Fifth. They were fifth. We were not. We, we were, were third. third. <laughs> Still. Whatever the higher lower <laughs> terminology is. Okay. Um, speaking of term- terminology, um, if you're not aware, we're going to talk about how Texas Tech got to the Final Four, how, how they fared in the tournament thus far. Thus far. Because um, there was a conversation I was having with my brother this weekend while I was in Dallas. Uh, one of the reasons why we didn't do an instant reaction on Thursday or Saturday. Cause Thursday night we, we finished the game really late, went to bed, got up Friday, went to work for a couple of hours and then hit the road. Um, instant reaction there would have been difficult. Saturday was nearly impossible unless I had brought the recording equipment to the wedding with me and snuck out to the car. Yeah. That would have been ill advised. Um, it was already bad enough that I was watching the game like during the reception while the bride and like, <laughs> if you guys follow me on Twitter or whatever, or follow the, the podcast account, you'll see that I posted a picture of me watching the game during the bri- like the opening moments of the reception. Like, so we get there, it's like halftime when we get to the receptions. We've already watched the first half of the game. Reception starting, going through like the introductions of the bride and groom, first dances, all that kind of stuff, and we're sitting there watching the game. And like, because we're family, we're actually really close to the front. <laughs> Um, luckily, so, so y'all already knew everybody. Yeah, that too. They introduced everyone, and y'all, yeah, y'all like, were able to skip know. out. Like, okay, okay, we we know y'all. It's fine. 
Also, my cousin, the groom in this wedding, is a Texas Tech grad. His wife isn't, but that's okay. She she went to some small school in Missouri where she's from. So oh, so he was probably just you know dying to know how things were going as well. Yeah, the he, whole time. He was telling me he actually they actually um were keeping up with it when they stepped outside to do the last bit of their wedding photos uh, outside. Um, well, and who knew? You know, scheduling a wedding. The last... And they've been engaged for like 18 months, so it's... Yeah. it's been- Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. In a while. I mean, that's, that's a... Just on the surface, you don't really think about it that much. That's a good weekend to schedule a wedding. Is the end of March? That's not really going to interfere much with with anything, Mm-mm. except for Texas ex- Tech first ex- run to the Final Four. <laughs> I know it's just terrible, just terrible luck on that on that. Yeah. So okay, just terminology uh, based on the conversation I was having with my brother. Texas Tech defense. Um, it's got a term to it. Every every defense has has a name, I guess. And they've coined it the no middle defense. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of it. And I'm sure if you haven't heard of it, if you're listening to this and then go back and watch any of the games or watch the game against Michigan State this weekend, you'll see what I'm talking about. But baseline, baseline, baseline. They force everything to, everything to the baseline, baseline or back out to mid-range and beyond for difficult shots or to reset. Um, any offensive player that drives into the lane um, – Tech, we usually be playing like man-ish defense, I believe. I, I, I believe it's man. Um, however, once an offensive player has the ball in the lane, the like next closest defenders will all crash in on him. Okay. So you get what's like a triple team on the person that's driving to the lane, which means there's no easy layups. Now, it doesn't really work in transition because you're not there. You're not set first. So that's why, like, when they say that Texas Tech is best in the half court, once they get into the half court setting, that's when they, they set up, like, okay, we're going to not allow anything. You can drive down the baseline. So there's there's that. You can either drive all the way down and, like, flip the side of the court or um, try to do a layup. But once you get in there, you've got Norenzo Diase, Tariq Owens, who are beasts of men. Down there, blocking shots. Tariq Owens has 88 blocks on the season. Texas Tech as a as a whole, I think I read somewhere has like 179. Oh, as a team, as something stupid like like ridiculous. So between the rest of the team, they've got like another 80 blocks between them. 
and Tariq has and, almost and, half of all the blocks. Yeah, I think he's got like just over half of the entire team's blocks. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, w- what you'll see is when the offense tries to, to push the ball in uh, in the middle of the lane, the defense will crash, uh, forcing either a bad shot or the offense to kick the ball out. If if they do that, then the Texas Tech defense will kind of reset. They'll kind of they'll expand back to their men and just say, okay, you're gonna you can take shots, but they're not gonna be good shots. They're not gonna be easy ones. Yeah, they're and you're gonna be, have a guy running at you the whole time. Right. So like if 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 they if they kick it back out to take a three, like not only like you don't have somebody like right in your face, but you got somebody running at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which may be more intimidating than somebody just standing with their hand in their face. You've got like a Kyler Edwards sprinting at you with his hand. Yeah. Like knowing he's going to, or Tariq Owens. Or, or like, oh crap. That's yeah. Or, or six, between six, five and six, eight, Jarrett Culver, <laughs> Culver screaming at you, you yeah. know, as fast as he can go too. Um, the rest of the defense, though, it's super aggressive. Uh, you've seen it. Uh, Texas Tech is averaging, averaging just over seven steals a game, which ranks 54th nationally. Which is top, I don't know, sixth, top fifth, jeez, top twenty percentile, <laughs> um, forcing just under sixteen turnovers a game, which is good for twenty second in the country. That's top ten percent. Um, and then, like I said, Tariq Owens has eighty eight blocks. Uh, the offense is all, sorry. The defense is only allowing teams to score fifty set. This is fifty seven points. Um, this is this for the year or for the tournament? The I think these numbers are for the tournament. Okay. All right. So only averaging 57 points, 37.4% from, from the field, including a meager 23% from three, which is not very good. No. And, and a lot of that, I think the field goal percentage went up because of the Gonzaga game and the three point percentage went down because of Michigan. Hold on. I have notes here. Um, I definitely think those are kind of the outliers. I feel like Gonzaga shot pretty well against us, but I don't, I don't have the. I can pull them up. Actually, I have it yes. pulled up over here. Gonzaga shot greater than forty-two percent from the field. So yes, that's that's higher than what we were allowing. However, it's uh, a good deal lower than their season average. Sorry, I'm looking at some different notes and ranking systems on a piece of note paper here. Um, the other thing is that like with a man defense, the offense is going to try to screen mm-hmm. and, and scrape it off, uh, scrape the defender and, and just create mismatches. Um, Texas tech will allow you to screen and they'll switch on every screen, meaning the guy that, so like, that's how you get Moretti back down in, in the post against a, a post guy, but like he's still able to hold his ground long enough for them, the defenders to switch back every time or, or they uh, just kind of do like you discussed earlier where they get the ball to him and then out of nowhere, and there's three guys on everybody him. crashes. And in that scrum, they kind of reset and like Moretti will, will go back to his man, right. um, Owens or Odiase will then re- retake their own guy. Um, there's no like weak link on the, on the defensive side. So like, you get like a Tariq Owens on a guard. You yeah. don't feel too bad about it. One, because he's got such a great height advantage. He can guard pretty good amount of space. And then 
because of the no middle, everybody crashing in on the middle, like if a guard tries to get around a big, the rest of the team was like just waiting for that to happen. So they, they know crash and then reset. Um, I think the weakest part of the defense is defensive rebounding. Agreed. Um, nationally, they rank 131st, which in basketball is not terrible. It's like top third. Um, the biggest thing is that in the upcoming matchup against Michigan State, they rank sixth in rebounding. So you're going to have to defend a lot of shots against them because they're going to pick up some second chance um, shots. You're going to have to rely on Odiase and Owens to get down there and be physical like they were against Michigan. Um, we're not quite there yet, though. We're not getting to that part of the, the preview. We're not previewing the Michigan State game just yet. <laughs> Hold your horses, everybody. That is that is one thing that has been an issue we've discussed a few times is, is just rebounding. I think a lot of it is tech size in general. We're not a very big team. We're, we're long and athletic, and we've got a lot of guys that can uh, make a lot of plays, but aside from Odiase, there's not a lot of guys down low that are just commanding space Mm-mm. as much. Yeah. On the opposite side of the floor, when Texas Tech has the ball, I found some stats today that blew my mind. I'm ready. <laughs> Unprepared for this. Texas Tech is 17-0 and this season when they make at least seven three-pointers. Seven seems like a lot, but when you spread it out over three or four players, which is usually how that happens. Or the entire game, you're like, that's not that many. No. Yeah. Especially when you, when you think about Texas Tech has six players this season that have made at least 23 pointers. And four of those are shooting greater than 38%. So those four would be Davide Moretti leading the pack at 46%. Kyler Edwards was a little higher than I was expecting, 43.8%. Your man, Deshaun Corporu, shooting just under 41% from three. Mr. Efficiency. Mm-hmm. Matt Mooney, just over 38%. Those... I saw something come up recently. Of of course, we've known that Moretti has shot really well, uh, especially this last half of the season. But Kyler Edwards. He he comes in like six, eight minutes a game. We'll drop six or eight points. And you're like, man, we really needed those points. Yeah, he'll have have a great defensive play. He'll, I mean, I I, I talk about Corpru a lot, and rightfully so because he's great. And he's a fellow SPC Texan. Go Texans. But Edwards is, I mean, I don't want to dismiss Edwards by any means. He's hes played some really effective minutes. He's played some great defense. He has solid court vision, made some nice passes. he If he's feeling it, he's going to shoot. And judging by the numbers, there's no reason for that to change. If he's at almost 44% as a freshman – as far as you know, three point shooters I was say, on our team, on a Final Four team, give the man the give give the man the ball, let him shoot. So for the season, Texas Tech is averaging making seven point two three pointers a game on nineteen point six attempts, ranking them sixty seventh nationally in three point percentage. So they're a good three pointing three point shooting team. If they hit their average of seven, they are 17-0. They just have to be average. 
Mm-hmm. They just have to be average beyond the uh, beyond, beyond the, the arc. arc. Here's the other thing, though, is I'm going to kind of contradict what I just said, that they have to just hit their average. Texas Tech did not hit their averages in games versus Northern Kentucky, Buffalo, or Michigan. None of those games were close. They didn't need the three. They did shoot better than this average against Gonzaga and won. Well, and they had... This tournament time, man. Everything's a little wonky. Everything's different. Every team has... uh, It's those second games in a weekend or they just make me anxious. Yeah. That like you got 24 hours maybe to, to rest and or well, I guess it's technically no. Yeah. You got yeah. Maybe 36, something like that. Something kind of weird. Not quite 48, which is where you'll get like the walkthrough and initial practice hours after a game yeah, at midnight, <laughs> which we heard about last weekend with, uh, Texas tech beginning their walkthroughs and practicing for Gonzaga after they were like leaving the locker room, having defeated Michigan. Yeah. Thursday they were, night. They were going back and getting ready to face Gonzaga. But guess what? It worked. Yeah. Nobody's going to outwork Chris Beard. And it sounds like the players, they're with it. They don't have. They welcome it. They're, they're, they're yeah. ready to take on the next guy. They, they are really wanting to work. Yeah. So Sweet 16, Thursday night, last Thursday, Texas Tech defeats Michigan 63-44. to and what could only be described as a defensive fist fight in the first it half. It was a 24 to 16 lead at halftime. You had an eight point lead. And ha- after having only surrendered 16 points, that eight point lead felt insurmountable. It did. At halftime, you're like, this, is this game over? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, my friend Adam kept texting me, uh, go start the bus. I, th- I think he started doing that when Tech went up by two and by four, just because he was. I think he. I mean, he was obviously kind of kidding it. around, but he was also. I don't know. This is kind of one of those games. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Tech's up by four. So, one of the craziest things was like, excuse me, in the first half, you held Michigan to twenty-eight percent from the field including 0% from three. Mm-hmm. And they only took four free throws. So they only yeah. shot four free throws in the entire first half. So they weren't getting to the line, and they weren't making their shots from the field. 28%. Tech only shot two free throws the first half. Which is crazy. Like you think about how like aggressive the the or how defensive minded that the first half of this game was. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like they just let them play and get away with anything. Yeah, because I mean that was basically what it was. There, there were thirty fouls total in the game. That's, I, I don't know what the average is. That's low to me. I mean we've seen fifties. I've, we, you mean when we play West Virginia? Yeah, we we've eclipsed we've forty uh, right. We've eclipsed fifty a couple of times in Big Twelve play, and to have two defensive teams go at it this hard at each other for that long—that's what she said. Yeah, it, and thirty fouls is nothing. That's nothing. And the the refs did. I, I think they just tried to tighten up the game. I feel like the first ten minutes they let it 
let it go a little bit, which was nice. You could kind of establish some momentum and some pace, but I think the last 10 minutes of the first half, they started using their whistles quite a bit. Yeah, you'll see in the second half, um, Michigan shot 13 free throws, Tech shot 8. So Tech shot 10 free throws for the entire game, and they were 9 of 10. Michigan shot 17. They were 11 of 17. So Mm -hmm. shot just under 65%. 17 free throws is not a lot for an entire, like like you were saying, with with as many games that we've seen with so many fouls, you could probably get to 17 and a half. I think James Harden averages more free throws than that per game. (laughs) That's nuts. Um, The second half, and I'm, 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 I'm really sad to report Michigan went one of ten from three, right in garbage time. Well, it was garbage time. Probably the last ten minutes was garbage time. They to be were honest with you, zero for eighteen from beyond the arc until they had some walk on hit one with like a minute to go. I was like, Are "You kidding me? We gave up that." Yeah, that's why I said when, one of nineteen, five percent from three. Well, when you brought up uh, initially, you know the percentages of our defensive. Three points. Ugh. Like what our defense allows? Opposing teams have only shot 23.4% from three point against us during the tournament. and That ranks for third in the country. And this was a 5.2% outing. So I just wanted to point out that the, uh, yeah, that Michigan probably skewed that number a little bit low for us to make us look a little better which I'll take got no issues with that. Okay. So you, you had a much more efficient second half. Like you were, you were really good in the first half. You got even better in the second half. You shot nearly 52% from the field in the second half. Uh, you were four of 11 from beyond the arc, which is good for 36%. Not bad. That's about your average. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit six threes. So this is one of the, like I said, it's one of the games where you didn't hit seven, which is your average and your 17-0 when you hit seven. You hit six and you won. You were six of 19, whereas Michigan was one of 19. Had they hit those other five to even just match you, they still wouldn't have tied you. No. Um, you allowed 16 points in the first half. You broke down a little bit and you allowed 28 in the second half. <laughs> Broke down. Um, We've got to really analyze the tape and see how that happened. Michigan to their lowest scoring output of the season and lowest scoring output of any team in the tournament, I think ever, including like the 116 games. This was a 2-3 game. That's crazy. It is. (laughs) So you defeat Michigan. You feel pretty good about it. Um Davide Moretti, I think, going into this game, this is a note from, from Michael, You were he was 0 for 7. Yes. From three-point three arc, three-point land in the first two games. Um, this game, he kind of tore that band-aid, band-aid off and went all out. 15 points. This was also the game where his parents, the night before, was introduced, like his family had flown in or mm-hmm. was, was flown in. Murray uh, goes for 15 points on five of seven shooting, three of four from th- from three. So he hit his first three threes of the 
tournament against Michigan. Um, gosh, it was just a crazy game. It was, it was so much fun. All, I, all these games have really been fun. Like Northern Kentucky, I, I would say wasn't fun, like as fun because you expected it. Right. But right. then like you heard, heard about like all oh, the offensive efficiency of Buffalo. They're going to, they, they score a lot of points. That game was never close. This game, it was all oh, his two defensive juggernauts going head to head. I mean, it was close. It didn't feel close early on. I mean, it Texas Tech was up 8-6 after 11 minutes. Yeah, 14 total points. So you had gone a quarter of the game, and he scored eight points. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think that was when Adam texted me, oh, go start the bus. Start the bus. <laughs> um, We're up 8-6. And then you win Thursday, and you get your your prize, your reward, is taking on number one seed, Gonzaga. And they were depending on which service you look at, like number one in an advanced metrics for most things, like like the number one team. Right. Um, not just offensive efficiency, which is what, all we heard about. The defensive number one team versus the offensive number one team. And like it's it's been one of those things where we hear in football a lot that uh, offense sells tickets and defense wins championships mm-hmm. and defense travels and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was confident that defense would, would win out here. It was a little hairy. <laughs> it was, it was more than that. So this is your closest game of the tournament game five far. Um, what a game. One of those games that I have it recorded. I wish I, I, I want to go, I would have recorded. It. I know. I want to go back and watch it because it's one of those that you're, it would be a joy to watch just as a, as a fan with no involvement in either team. And now as a fan that has very, very deep involvement with one of the teams, you know the outcome. Okay, I'll, I'll, I would love to go back and watch that one. I, I remember watching it. I think it was Monday morning, yesterday morning. Um, there was like a nine-minute recap of the game, of like highlight video. And it's most of the possessions and scores and just highlights in, the, in general – that was a pretty good way to recap the game. Um, I can't remember who produced if it was ESPN. It wasn't ESPN. Um, if it was like CBS, CBS or NCAA or, themselves, or NCAA, probably. NCAA, but so yeah, your, your closest game: Northern Kentucky, you defeated by fifteen; Buffalo by twenty; Michigan by nineteen. Get to Gonzaga, Gonzaga, and you win by six, which coincidentally was also their largest Gonzaga's largest deficit of the entire tournament. Right. And I was about to say six points at that time. Still, I don't know. It didn't quite feel like enough. You just no, because down the stretch, like crazy things could have happened. They could have gotten fouled on a three. And then like you saw Gonzaga, like get it within two, within just like like a few seconds really quickly. And you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like, are we about to mess this up? We about to throw this away. And then you get like this, like I don't know, I I I don't want to say like once in a lifetime, but like a technical foul on an inbounds because the guy defending the inbound like reached across and hit him on the arm. Yeah, I've never seen that. I I saw it. You're gonna you're gonna call me out on it. I saw it once in a Spurs game, so I I figured that that would be the same the same rule across the board. But uh, I think 
they they made a big deal out of it because someone the Spurs were trying to inbounds the ball in a playoff game and I think it was Ginobili that was on on the sideline and the guy was like knocked it out of his hand and Ginobili had to kind of mess with it and they didn't call it then but they acknowledged it later it was one of those oh yeah we messed up <laughs> the refs acknowledged it in a statement later oh we should have called that that should have been a technical and I, you know of course the Spurs lose by two two or something <laughs> crazy I, I need to go back and make sure that's that's all correct, but that's my memory of it is that the Spurs get the Spurs got the shaft. Yeah, so you go into halftime down by two, and you're like, man, this is this is going to be a game. Um, and you come out and you outscore Gonzaga by eight in the second half, forty to thirty-two. Um, Culver finished the game with nineteen points, so right at his tournament average or season average, sorry, his tournament average, I think is 22 points. Um, Mooney had 17, Moretti had 12. Your defensive performance, it was the first time you allowed more than 60 points in a game in the tournament. Um, you allowed 57 to Northern Kentucky, 58 to Buffalo, 44 to Michigan. Like I said, you broke down a little bit. <laughs> you, let, you let Gonzaga <laughs> score 69. That was their, your first time to allow more than 60 points. It was coincident, like like we've been talking about, to the number one offensive efficiency team in the country. Sixty nine was still nearly twenty points below their season average, hmm. which is crazy. Well, and just how close it was too. They go into the you can go into the weeds into the box score down here. The score changed, or the score was tied eleven times. And the lead Which changed I, 21 like times. All that was like in the second half, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Because you were down, I would say, most of the first half, like by two, three, four points. And like it was all like you'd get it close or, or, or maybe tie it, but it was always like in that range. And like in the second half, like you had that like one point difference where like you would score a bucket, you'd go up by one, they'd score, it would flip flop. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goodness. Uh, you let them shoot 50% of the, from the field in the first half and then clamp down the second half and they shot 36%. So one of the things I I read about was one of the defensive adjustments. Um, when I was talking about defense earlier, how they, they switch on everything. Gonzaga was able to, um, to take advantage of that because they were able to, how am I trying to say this? They were able to score off off some of those switches, which is uncharacteristic of the Texas Tech defense performance up until then. So actually, like one of the halftime adjustments was that Mark Adams said we're we're going to switch less often. And what happened was you went from allowing fifty percent to thirty six, and thirty six percent from three to twenty percent from three. Um, they shot the same number of free throws in the first half and the second half. Um, but man, you, you, what am I trying to say? You made your, your halftime adjustments, your second half teamness appeared, which has been kind of the MO and like the big games this season. Yeah. Like whether they've been close or whatever, you just come out in the second half, you're a better team. Um, you shot 43% from the field the first half, which is just 
ridiculous. Shot 44% in the second half, 38% from three in the first half to 40% in the second half, 80% from the line to 86% in the second. Like basically every statistical category, you improve first half to second half. Mm -hmm. And you took down the number one seed, Gonzaga, to advance to the final four. Which which is in? It's in Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Can confirm. Can confirm. It was negative. I forgot how I forgot how cold it was during the what was it the polar vortex that went on earlier this year. But I had a friend of mine who lives in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And he posted a photo of his light switch frosting over inside of his house. I remember you showing me that, which is crazy. Like, what do you do with that? I know. I couldn't even tell what it was. My brain couldn't process what I was looking at. I thought it was a melted light switch. No, it was ice. No, it was ice. Very, very strange. So, okay, let's talk about your path to the Final Four versus Michigan State's Um, or just anybody else, really, because I want to talk about or I want to go back and talk about um, you've had the toughest path to the Final Four which I think sets you up for these last two possible games. Um, See, now I didn't realize that. I I thought Tech would get dinged for having the easiest path because they beat everyone by 20, not named Gonzaga. Well, so here's the thing. like You look at the, the BPI rankings of the teams they beat and then consider that they beat them by 20. I know. I know. That's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun exercise. So on Tech's path to the Final Four, this is not including Northern Kentucky because it doesn't – they're not really factored into BPI. They defeated the BPI teams ranked number two, eight, and 22. So that would have been um, Gonzaga was two, Michigan was eight, Buffalo was, was 22. Your lowest BPI ranked team from the second round on was 22. Whereas Michigan State has only defeated one team higher than 22nd. And it was Duke at third. Their path, which included a um, a one-point win against Duke, an overtime win against... um, Who they got overtime with? Nope, sorry. That's Virginia. Yeah, I don't think... I don't remember them going overtime. So they beat the BPI-ranked teams three, which was Duke, 24 and 53. And their best win was a one-point win against Duke. Whereas ours was a six-point win against Gonzaga, which was number two. Um, The other teams, Virginia, beat BPI-ranked teams 9, 29, and 34. And Auburn, because of their lower seeding, they've defeated teams 5, 7, and 18. So their their lowest is still higher. Sorry, their highest-rated win... 18 is still lower than your highest rated win of 22. Right. Sorry. So Auburn's had a little bit tougher of a road to get there, but they were, that's kind of expected as a five seed. Right. And they've done well. Um, So if you look at teams that are hot right now, Auburn's one of them. Yes. You're also should feel pretty confident that you've been battle tested and ready to go. The thing that kind of, would make you worry about Michigan State 
is they are missing key pieces on their team. They're missing several key players, and it hasn't seemed to have affected them. They've been able to do what they've done, get to the Final Four, without some very important players. Um, but let's not poke holes in my own argument here. You've you've had arguably one of the toughest roads to the Final Four outside of Auburn, which you would only face in the championship game. Um, and when you get there, if you were to face Auburn, you'd have very similar because Michigan State is right up there with you, like three, four, five, whatever they're ranked. Mm-hmm. Virginia's two, three, not two. I think they're one in BPI. Anyways, so you should feel like like you've been fairly well battle-tested to get to the Final Four. And I, I asked this question, and I, I never got an answer, but I asked, um, was Gonzaga the best team left for Tech to face? I would argue that they were. One, now because Duke is out in Virginia, I think you've got a pretty good feel for how you'd play against them if you went. But Gonzaga, I think, was the highest and best team left on your path to a national championship that is no longer in front of you. Thoughts? I think I, think I would agree with that because I call it a homer. Oh, this is take totally or not, but. but I did have Tech getting past Gonzaga in all three of the brackets I filled out. But then I did too. But then I did not have Michigan State getting past Duke, and then I unfortunately hate to say this in a recorded atmosphere, I did not have Tech getting past Duke either. So same, I had I had Duke defeating Michigan State, which obviously they they nearly did. And I had Duke defeating Texas Tech in the Final Four. Right, that was the one team. I, I don't want to. I don't want to pretend like Virginia is not a tough team. Auburn. I really don't want to play Auburn right now. The, I mean, no. they weren't on my radar as far as a team making it this far. No, because the other teams in their bracket were Kentucky and North Carolina. I was like, holy crap! I don't want to play either one of them either. Yeah, I, I just or Houston. No, yeah, I don't it, know if I want to play Houston, but Kansas. I mean, they they beat Kansas that was too. A four seed, <laughs> and so I I wasn't. I, I I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if Gonzaga. I I, I still think that. Um, Michigan State's still a really tough team. I just saw how they played Duke and how they just went straight to them. I saw the end of that game. It was pretty unreal. And they're very well coached. Mm-hmm. So I am I'm definitely worried about them. But I uh, think Duke so- was the biggest roadblock in my mind before the tournament started. I think Duke was the biggest roadblock. And I think... One, I'm I'm not saying that Michigan State isn't like when I say I was expecting to face Duke and like they're no longer there. It's not like Michigan State's going to be an easy game. No, of course not. And and I'm not saying that Texas Tech is a lock to win it. If you look at everything that we're that's been predicted, it's Michigan State's favorite to win, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Yeah, yeah, um, they're they're the the favorite, quote unquote. And I mean, they just took down Duke. That's that'll get you a little bit far in life. And I don't know if it's because we did face Duke back in December or if it's been the season-long love fest of 
all things Duke, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam, Cam Reddish, and Coach K. But, like, yeah, I was not really considering basically anybody else in that bracket of making it through besides Duke. Yeah, me neither. So, let's talk about Michigan State. They are going to be a tough out. For sure. <laughs> um Probably the one name that you would like you would need to know going into the game is their guard Cassius Winston. Um, they're they're balanced in the offense, but he's he's the stereotypical prototypical point guard. He scores some points, but he also has a lot of assists. They have as a team like, like a lot of assists to points, or I'm sorry, a lot of assists to buckets baskets. Um, Winston's averaging 19 points per game in the tournament, so. Right around the same as your Jarrett Culver. Yeah, that's right. Um, one of the things I think was really interesting um, was there was an article from ESPN's Jeff Borzello who talked about how the, the teams in the Final Four were built and made in terms of like recruiting talent. Um, it's just one of those side piece things. Like oh, that's, that's interesting. They're, the key takeaway for me the Michigan State roster has seven ESPN top 100 recruits on it. That sure sounds like a lot. And I think there are there's a, there's either eight total on the roster and one's not playing, so they're like there's seven active, or there's seven and then one's not active. They also had other notable players. They had three more four stars that weren't top 100 players, and one of those is not playing because of an injury. Um, whereas your Texas Tech Red Raiders have zero top 100 recruits playing for them. Now, next season, that number is going to be what, like three? Yes. Uh, it'll change. Yeah, it will. Um, so, what's, so far, what's carrying you into the final four right now is not elite blue chip talent. It's coaching, determination, hard work. The blue collar. <laughs> right. West Texas. Well, it's, um, it's players who have... Bought into the system. Right. Not just that. And they have developed and allowed themselves to be developed and coached. They have gotten better just to be... Mm-hmm. Just, just just to simplify things. That, okay. The reason they may not have been in the top 100 when they were being recruited, maybe they just weren't quite as good then, but I'm sure some of these players would make it. Several of them would make a top 100 list now. You would better of, believe of college Jared players. Culver would be up there. Oh and, yeah, of of players in the game right now in college basketball, they would make it now. So yeah. they that just goes to show the kind of guys that Beard recruited, even uh, Smith recruited with Odiase, guys that are. Mm-hmm. Willing to get better, want to get better. That's their whole goal as basketball players, and it's it you it, to start off with raw talent that's that good and have half of your team comprised of uh, guys that were just super standouts and superstars in in high school. That's a that's a great way to start a team. But you know the the way Beard's been able to manage this team here is. Has pretty has worked out pretty well too. 
Yeah, and and there were some other articles that said that um, one of the one of the ways Beard's been able to do this is he's modeled it after Michigan State and Tom Izzo. There's there's a lot of admiration there from Chris Beard to Tom Izzo. He said when he was in the the small ranks of D two colleges or lower that he would he would go to the Michigan State open practices when they were in the Final Four and would be taking notes and spending time studying them. They they've got terminology built into the Texas Tech program of they want to be they want to have the Michigan State toughness they want to be working on the Tom Izzo rebounding um mm. this is before that they, they they knew of a Michigan State matchup in the final oh, four this is like right season yeah a lot of dominoes had to fall for <laughs> for Tech to play Michigan State because they I don't think Tech has ever played Mm-mm. Michigan State in first ever yeah um and then I I, I found this quote from Chris Beard, really interesting. In one of the articles I read, um, talking about the game, the matchup, what it's going to be like to play Michigan State. He says, the last two years when we get to March, no matter who's in front of us, we've played against a team just as good in the Big 12. Which kind of feels like we're, yeah, we're, we're the greatest. But he says, so as is, so as Michigan State is, and believe me, they're really, really good, obviously. We have played teams this year, Kansas State and Iowa State, we played Duke in non-conference, so for us, it's another great game. So his admiration's not letting that cloud his preparation of. We've got a got a great team in front of us, right? And we we've are working on our preparation, whatever you want to say. But we've also beaten great teams, mm-hmm. and we've been prepared all season because of our 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 play in the conference. And I would because the what I the research I put together earlier, <laughs> the what you've done so far in the tournament has helped prepare you to take on another team like Michigan State. I I find it interesting that this quote is is a real quote, one. <laughs> and two... It's not any April Fool's it's, shenanigans. Well, it's very similar to the one that was... Made up by... Mark Few. That was right. There was there was a Mark Few quote unquote quote quote unquote quote <laughs> floating around about how he basically just kind of trashed Tech's competition and how they Gonzaga has played teams that are better than Tech and it, anyway, not in the Western con- West Coast Conference. Right, right, definitely out of conference it. teams. I looked into that nonsense earlier. Like I was talking to my brother about it. Why he was asking me why I felt so confident. I was like, their season's been comprised of playing games against Santa Clara, <laughs> San Francisco, and the other ridiculous teams that are in the West Coast Conference. Yes, they're good. Obviously, Gonzaga's a really good team. Right. They weren't tested by their conference. They went like eighteen and zero in their conference play. Well, and that I mean that quote was totally bogus. It was, yeah. but it got spread around all over the place and. And then Beard kind of says the same thing. But he says it in a nicer way. He says the same thing as the made-up quote. I, I don't, it, it's not exactly the same, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I so, can see some people taking that the wrong way. So I, I've got this crinkly paper here with my notes on it. We're going to go over the matchup here. Okay. We're going to talk about Because we, we talked about how the team's built and how, how we've gotten to the Final Four. But let's actually look at performances this season and and without getting too numbers heavy which i think is difficult to follow when you're just listening to us rattle off stuff we're going to try to get you prepared for the game 
So we, we've already mentioned Cassius Winston um, as a player to know, but if you look at the offense and look at the, the Haslametrics efficiency ratings, whatever, overall, Michigan State has a is the third best team according to Haslametrics. Texas Tech is the fourth best team. Yikes. Um, just for comparison's sake, Gonzaga is Haslametrics' number one team. Offensive efficiency, Michigan State holds a air quotes significant advantage. They're ranked fourth. Texas Tech is 17th. Gonzaga, again, for reference, was third. So, uh, so is, almost as good as the offensive team as, as Gonzaga. Is this where you're getting your statement earlier about how you feel that... You've been prepared to face them. Well, you've beaten that you may have already beaten the best team, mm-hmm. not named Duke, in the in the tournament. Yep. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> so their their field goal percentage uh, ranks fourth in the country. Yours is sixth. Uh, three point percentage theirs is thirteenth. Yours is fifth. Um, they're better at free throws than you are. Uh, you, they're twelfth. You are not in the top fifty. I didn't. I stopped counting it when once I got to fifty. Yeah, Just, it's that like makes a, sense. And it's 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 a three two and a half percent difference, which doesn't sound like a lot, but like in the rankings, it was greater than fifty spots. So I, was, I didn't really care to go that far. If you look at the defensive side, this is like this is where I think Michigan State is is like the scary team because they're they're balanced. They're not like a defensive juggernaut. They're not an offensive. They're really good on both. Yes. Defensive efficiency, Michigan State is fifth. Now, Texas Tech is first still. Michigan, a common opponent between both teams, is second. So you've played a more difficult defensive team, and you put up 63 points on them. Well, but this Michigan State team beat that Michigan team Three times. times. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, boy. Um, your defense, defensive field goal percentage, Texas Tech is, is first in the country which and lowest allowed field goal percentage. Michigan State's is second. <laughs> Three-point percentage, your third lowest or, or third best. Michigan State's is 14th. Michigan's is first. So we've got a chance to stop them a little bit beyond the <laughs> maybe, arc. Maybe, maybe. Like I said, they're they're the scary thing about the Michigan State team is that there's they're just so highly ranked on both sides. Right. They're efficient on offense and defense. They don't tip the scales one way or the other. They're just they just know how to play complete basketball. They do. Um I'm trying to figure. Okay. So you mentioned uh, because Michigan and Michigan State play in the same conference, they face each other twice in the regular season, once in the tournament, their conference tournament. Michigan State won all three of those matchups 77 to 70, 75 to 63, 65 to 60. So five points was the closest game. Um, but the thing that I take away from this, really just, just off the top, they allowed a Michigan team to average 65 points against them. And then they scored 77, 65, 60, 
65, 75, 77. So 73 ish. Okay. Okay. I can't do that math on, on three no, scores really quickly. Um, they got in terms of like statistical advantages, it seems like any time that you play a team three times, like it's going to get closer and closer. Michigan was able to close the gap on like field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throws and turnovers from game one in the season against Michigan state to game three, which was their closest, the 65 to 60 game. Um, but still like in game three, Michigan state hit 40% from the field. Michigan hit 41. Um, Three point Michigan State hit thirty nine percent. Michigan hit thirty two. Those are some big eyes. <laughs> uh, free throws seventy eight for Michigan State. Eighty three for Michigan. Michigan State had a combined. Oh, hold on, nineteen, twenty eight turnovers over those three games. So that's that's pretty that's pretty small. Michigan State does not turn the ball over a whole lot. No. But they did have a 22 turnover game recently. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Just it's it's in it's it's a possibility. You're just speaking it for you to turn M- Michigan State over. Okay. Um if you look at like in terms of rankings from BPI Basketball Power Index, Texas Tech is 6th overall. Michigan State is fourth. Um, Offense, Michigan State's ranked sixth. You're ranked 33rd. Defense, you're ranked first. They're ranked eighth. So they have a sixth-ranked offense, eight-ranked defense. That's kind of a mismatch on our offense versus offense. It's It's hard to make that up. Uh, BPI predictor for this game has a 60.7 to 39.3 advantage to Michigan State. Like we said earlier, Michigan State is the favorite to win this game. It's a really small margin. This is not the first game where you've been picked to lose so far. Um, you were picked by by Haslametrics, picked to lose by two against Gonzaga. Haslametrics has this less than a half point advantage to Michigan State. So they think it will be closer game than it was against Gonzaga. Well, in Michigan too, or, or they, so they think it'll be very similar to, yeah, to Michigan, which doesn't make a lot of sense. That was kind were, of a weird game. You were plus two point seven over Michigan. Mm-hmm. You were minus two point one versus Gonzaga. You're minus point four five. To Michigan State. Um, as of this afternoon, when I looked at this, the betting line was Michigan State minus two and a half or plus two and a half for Texas Tech, mm-hmm. depending on where you want to go. The money line was minus 155 for Michigan State or plus 135 for Texas Tech, over under of 133 points. Jeez. I don't so know what I would take with any of that. That's like a 65 68 game. Yep. That's exactly what that is, actually. And a three-point win. <laughs> um, the other thing, just 
statistical averages across the board. Um, they score just under 79 points a game to year 73. Um, they allow 61 points a game to year 57. They shoot 48% from the field to year 47. They out, they have a rebounding advantage over you of uh, plus six. They have an assist advantage over you. That's what I was talking about earlier. They average nearly 19 assists a game to year 14. Um, they block more shots than you do. Oh, that one, that one hurts. Um, Those all kind of hurt. The, re- the rebounds are not super surprising, but just kind of hearing them. But you average two more steals per game. Okay. That's like the one that thing I was able to find. Yeah. <laughs> an advantage over. That could help. Um, it could be an advantage. So, close game coming up on Saturday night. 7.40. I think so. Central time at U.S. Bank Stadium there in Minneapolis. We're home of the Vikings. Let's go. Um, who are you taking? Who am I taking with the spread or straight up? If you have to say it that way, then I know what you're going to go. Oh, no. I'm, I don't know. Taking Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm taking Texas Tech. Well, that doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, if you're going to make that differential, I don't I don't want to go down that road. No. But, uh, no. Hold on. Oh, I closed that window. Dang it. Old Town Road. <laughs> I'll just say it. <laughs> just, just say it. Y'all get the idea. We were going to play Old Town Road there. Oh, we still will. Okay, good. Just you wait. I like it. Just in the background. So, you're taking Texas Tech to win this game. Yeah, I am. To get to its first ever national championship Oh, game. my God. Could you imagine? It's going to be nuts. I'm trying not to sing with this. I'll sing it. I got the horses in the back. I don't even know what the rest of the song. I don't want to, like... Risk it. That that accent's great. Love it. Got them horses in the back. You, you, have, have you listened to the whole thing? No. There's one part where he says he's got Wrangler on his booty. <laughs> nice. Riding on my tractor, leaning on my bladder. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Yikes. It's great. It's a great song. I, yeah. And, and like a lot of people have pointed out, it's, it's just as... Much, if not more, country than most of the stuff on country music radio right now. <laughs> I mean, I would I would rather listen to that than than most, like most s- of the other stuff. <laughs> Sam Hunt, yes. Chris Jansen, buy me a boat. I yeah, love that song. It, body, cracks, it cracks me up every time. I don't even know. I haven't heard of that one. You haven't heard "Buy Me a Boat"? No. Oh, we're doing this. Really? I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> that that knows what's about to happen, and you're like, no, don't do it. Oh man. I can't believe you never heard of "Buy Me a Boat." I don't play "Old Town Road." Old Town Road's good. Nice thing about oh, it's Montana. a stupid ad. Hold on. Good, good. Hold on. No, no. Here we go and skip. You've never heard this. I ain't rich, but I damn sure wanna be. <laughs> I feel like I have. Working like a dog all day ain't working for me. I feel like I've heard this song all my life. 
But it can buy me a boat It can buy me a truck to pull Where's, is there a tailgate? Oh, he, he's standing. Oh, up. he's icing down something. Where's the tailgate? Oh, so, oh, there you, you yeah, specified the course. So he's standing on a cooler in the back of a truck singing this. Most of it. Oh my gosh. Or on the cooler on a boat. He's, check, he's checked off a lot Sorry. of boxes here. There's So that one was one of the ones that was introduced to me when I was like working at the hospital and, uh, and Hobbs, the lady that I was working with had control of the radio cause she was the senior member of that department. <laughs> and it was always in the country station. When this song came on, it always cracked me up. I was like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 it's more parody than anything. I hope so. But it's, <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it's self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've I've found myself for for whatever reason when when you listen to Old Town Road on YouTube, it'll usually autoplay to Jake Owens down to the honky tonk, which I'd never really heard. And I don't see that on there. I I don't I I don't take pleasure in this, but I really I really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of a fun song. So down to the honky tonk's not not terrible. Yeah. How do we go on off this tangent? This is your fault. You can't blame me for this. Because I'm in control of the music. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Okay. Ha. I'm just imagining like the team dancing in the locker room after Michigan. It's so cool. Every person that's ever played basketball right. in college is so much cooler than I ever will be, <laughs> or ever was, were, 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 once was. All right, before we move on to football really quickly. What? So, yeah, th- there will be football and baseball in this podcast, and we'll get there shortly. Um, this morning's morning steak had like a billion basketball links and they're all fantastic. Some of the stuff we've talked about so far, we're in those one article I wanted to point out from Texas monthly. Sorry. I I enjoyed reading it. It's called a handy guide to hopping on the Texas tech basketball bandwagon. Oh, okay. And it gives fans from across the state or big 12 that may have a, a cursory knowledge of Texas tech. Um, but like some some things to to consider and remember if you were going to be invited to a Texas Tech watch party, basically. <laughs> it was actually a really entertaining read. Um, it's fairly short. If you want the link, it's on the morning steak from April 2nd. Scroll down to the basketball section. Give that a read. Yeah, and I'd like to touch on one that Seth just tweeted out today from my not hometown, but close to hometown newspaper, the Abilene Reporter News. Speaking of, I drove through Merkel twice. You did? Yeah, of course I did. Of course did. you did. It's you on went my way. to Dallas. Yeah, it's on 20. Yeah. Construction both times. Really? Yep. Are they working on the overpass or something? I No idea. It was down to one lane. In Merkel? Yeah. Down to one lane? Yeah, and it like no apparent reason why. Oh, I'm sure there's a good reason. 
It was just you were there on the weekend. No one's working. Yeah, why is it still shut down on the weekend? No idea. Merkel has been <laughs> Don't like... Don't blame us. A- every time I've been like, oh, I, Michael's from Merkel. And then like we drive through and like, there's something wrong on the highway and we get... It's not... That's not that's not our fault. Sorry, you were saying. It's maintained by TextDot. Abilene Reporter. Uh, Abilene Reporter News. Reporter News, here we go. Had a Joey D. Richardson. That's not Richardson. Joey D. Richards had a great article. I believe his mom taught me English. I'm not sure. I believe his mom taught English at Merkel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he had a great article in that Abilene Reporter newspaper about Abilene Christian's Joe Golding, who, uh-huh. of course, is the coach of the ACU Wildcats. He and Chris Beard are close friends. Uh, they started a friendship years ago when Beard was an assistant at Abilene Christian, and Golding was a player there. And so they've been friends since the late 90s. Anyway, the most interest, one of the most interesting tidbits about it is that Beard and Golding and a, a group of other coaches – uh, from kind of around the area and from their days in the 90s and days just kind of being younger guys, they all get together in May and go float the river and have a good time. And and uh, Is this when that, that supposed one-on-one between Golding and Beard is supposed to take place? Oh, yeah. Because he referenced, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in a month. Yeah. Okay. And, and Golding, okay. Golding talked a little, a little smack on that, which was a lot of fun because <laughs> he was talking – I mean, complete praise of Beard. Really proud of the of of him. He and two of his assistants actually drove from Abilene to Lubbock really early Sunday morning to catch the team when they got back from Anaheim and to congratulate the coach or Coach Beard and the team and everything. But it's really cool. But uh, one of the cool things too is that he talks a little trash because he said he he said, "Well, I'm definitely better." at at basketball than, than Coach Beard. But one thing we've we've debated on f- uh, for years, and this he's talking about he and his friends, is we're never even really sure what position he played in high school. <laughs> no one can really confirm what, what position he played or how much he played, but he says he played a lot. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> right. So I think that's kind of the general consensus, is that maybe at the game of basketball he's at a disadvantage, but... But not coaching. Not when it comes to coaching. I think yeah. he's got that down. All right. So I'm going to, here at the very end of our basketball sequence or segment, I'm going to apologize. I, I wish we could have given you a better Michigan State preview. Our Michigan State experts, I will throw them under the bus, never responded. You tried. Tried. You reached I, out. I reached you extended out. the the uh, olive branch, if you I, will. I reached out to the, the SB Nation blog for Michigan State because they have a, a pretty good podcast, a basketball podcast. Um, the guy that runs that Twitter says it's best if you reach out to them directly because they weren't on the, the that account, which is fine. It's like, like I don't get the notifications. I'm not an admin or whatever on the Twitter account for Staking the Plains. So if you're trying to reach me through Staking the Plains, it's, you're going to have to, you're relying on Seth to pass that along, which he's great, but not everybody's that way. Anyways, long story short, he said, just reach out to them directly. I did because I, I couldn't send them a direct message without them following me too. I was like, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to jump, jump through those routes. I'm just going to ask them straight up for an interview. And they ghosted me. Oh man. Never responded. 
It's a shame. And I know, like, they're active on their Twitter accounts. So I, I don't know. Like, I can't say for certain that they saw the question, but, like, as active Twitter users. Yeah. Saw. Okay, anyways. Maybe they did that thing that, that I do sometimes where I I'm see sure that. I responded, like, an hour ago. Like, oh. Right. I look at it, and then I go, okay, I'll take care of that later because I need to think about it, or I can't do it right this second. And then five hours pass. <laughs> and I see it again. Yeah, like, oh, crap. Or it's the next day. Oh, yeah. Remember that one thing I was supposed to do? Yeah, you remember that, that really simple question someone asked me yesterday. And anyway. Oh, I did want to throw out one more shout out to, uh, as far as links, kind of good places to go. If y'all are subscribers to The Athletic, which if you're not, I bet you could get a one-week trial. And that would cover the entire Final Four tournament. And it would get you the chance to catch up on what I'm about to talk about. But Brian Hamilton, um, he's on Twitter at underscore Brian underscore Hamilton. Brian is spelled with an I. He has had some really great articles on The Athletic so far profiling Mooney and Moretti. He, he had those go up over the weekend. He had a great article talking about um, how this team made it to Minneapolis. Uh, under Coach Beard's guidance, and there was a retreat that it, that they went to last fall, uh, and then today, which I haven't even had the chance to read it yet, he had a, prof- a, a profile on Culver, which I assume is great. So Hamilton's done a really, really nice job uh, keeping up with Tech and and its players. And if uh, if y'all are members of the Athletic or feel like doing the free trial, definitely check his. Uh, check out his work. I think you'll be pretty surprised and pleased. He's done. He's done a good job. Yeah, I I, I read about that that uh, retreat earlier today. I was fascinated to just to get that little glimpse into the program from this past fall, where they were. It started off as like, okay, we need to get everybody on the same page. Like, we need to know who Matt Mooney is. We need to know who Tariq Owens is. And it sounds like Beard essentially went to like some church camp, like outside of Marfa or something. That's, that's kind of what it sounds like. It, it said two hours south of Lubbock, so I'm I don't know where that is um, specifically. But he basically said as soon as they got off their bus, Beard had them surrender their cell phones. Like the only yep. way you're going to be able to to communicate is if you talk to the man next to you. Um. And it was for like a like a long weekend or something, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like a a week or anything crazy. It may have only been one night, actually. I, I don't think it was that yeah that lengthy. Turns out that little retreat worked worked well to get the team moving forward on the right right step. What do you want to call it? So okay, let's talk football. Let's 40, do it. Forty forty football. Um, really quickly, just because. I wasn't here for it. There was a football scrimmage this week. I heard that. A lot of people are upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hadn't really heard that. I was out of town as well. Just so y'all know, I was I was in San Angelo. I watched I watched the Gonzaga game at a bar called the Angry Cactus. Solid. Lot, surprisingly, a lot of tech fans there. It was a lot of fun. It was it was really cool. So I I, I missed the scrimmage. I've only driven through San Angelo once. Yeah, I've never really spent much time there except for 
oddly enough, back to basketball, I think we played some schools around there a few times. I think Grape Creek was around there, and they, I think they were in our district. Grape Creek. Yeah. So I've... I've Solid. My... my uh, my time in San Angelo is tangential at best. It was kind of passing through, maybe played a basketball game there. Well, and by play, I mean I was on the team and observed and it from the bench. The team played. I did. The not. team played. Um, so yeah, it's just that it was situational. It wasn't like like a a simulated game. Like I expect the spring game will be next weekend. Um, and it was intended to force. Like just these very specific scenarios where the ball is literally touching the goal line and the offense is coming out of the end zone. And and back to back plays it result in a safety. Shocker. Um a lot of work like that. People that had attended it said um the offense looked rough. Yes. Which is like that's that's not a thing at Texas Tech in the office no, to look off. That doesn't sound um, right. Okay, but like it's two months into a new coach or whatever, you want four months in, halfway, two thirds of the way through the spring practice of the first year with new coaching staff, all that kind of stuff. Um, first scrimmage. Um, there was some good news. I think it came out today. It was it was between the scrimmage and the most recent practice that DeMarcus Fields, defensive back DeMarcus Fields, has rejoined the team from his suspension and is participating. There you go. If you remember, he was one of the four guys that was suspended earlier. Uh, DeLeon Ward, Joseph Wallace, and Corey Fulcher. Going on two weeks now. Those three have not been reinstated just yet. Um, Not entirely sure what is happening there, what happened there. Um, When asked for an update... Well said that nothing has changed. Um, so it didn't seem like the guys have been kicked off the team. They're just not participating with spring practice. It seems like there's something internal that needs to get worked out. And that's as much detail as Wells wants to give. And that's all that we know. Yeah, that's all we're going to get. <laughs> but they've missed a lot of spring practice so far. Um, there are two more scrimmages slash spring games left on the spring schedule one this coming Friday evening in Midland 7 p.m. Grande communication stadium. I would expect probably very similar to what it was this past weekend here in Lubbock in terms of it being very situational. And then the spring game is next Saturday, April 13th, 2 p.m. in Frisco at the star. So I'm assuming we'll have some kind of visuals on the spring game in the star, probably some kind of, broadcast situation possibly I, I don't think i've seen anything official yet from the texas tech website but i know that Sorry. they've been on fox you know fox sports before that's mm-hmm. kind of what i assume this would land i guess it depends on what else might be on tv that day that could be of interest <laughs> some kind of truck race or <laughs> yeah trick shot what are the sports on, on trick shot pool yeah Oh, no, that's that's ESPN 2 or yeah, 3. <laughs> All right, let's get to baseball. Um, you want an update on tonight's game? 
I, I did update it in, in the notes oh, just a few man. minutes ago. I'm so sorry. Um, just if you it. want, if you want really in-depth baseball knowledge, this is not where you're getting. It. You're not getting it from Michael and Spencer. You're gonna get it from Keith. Um, so I can't, I can't plug it enough. If you're, if you want the baseball knowledge, you need to be subscribed and listening to the Dinger Derby podcast. He's moved to a two episode per week schedule where he'll give you a recap of the past weekend and preview of any midweek games mm-hmm. early in the week, like Monday or Tuesday. And then Thursday he'll come out with a preview for the upcoming weekend series. So this past weekend uh, team was in Manhattan, Kansas to play Kansas state game. Friday was moved to Saturday. So you played two games on Saturday, one on Sunday. You came out two and one over the weekend. 11-4, and then lost the Sunday game 4-5. So you are 3-3 three and three in conference play through six games. All three of those losses have been one-run games on the road. But that, that doesn't sound that bad. It's not. So the 3-3 three and three record, you're like, this sucks, right? It's not that bad. Um, two of those three came to Texas, highly ranked team on the road. Um, they had just ridiculous crowds there. We went into all that detail maybe a couple of weeks ago when that when that happened. Um, Kansas State is was a a candidate for a road sweep. <laughs> you weren't able to do it. You lost by one, so it's not the end of the world. You got the, the the series win, which is important. This weekend you host Kansas, another series win that you need. Hopefully a sweep, because um, the remainder of your conference schedule. It, like your home schedule includes Baylor, Oklahoma State, and TCU. So you've got to go on the road to Oklahoma and West Virginia. Who am I forgetting? You already played Texas. There's only nine teams in the conference anyways. Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State's a home series. TCU's a home series. You've already played Texas. already played Kansas. It's probably all there. So, anyways, between Kansas State, you're actually doing a two-game midweek series with New Mexico. West Virginia? I already said that. Dang it. I don't know. TCU, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State. That's eight, right? That's all eight that you play? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. This is finger math here. No, wait. That was seven. I swear we're missing one. Did you say both Oklahomas? Yeah. Because you have to play Oklahoma and Norman. Right. Anyways. Lord. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't currently matter. It's late. Um, (laughs) You've got a two-game midweek series uh, ongoing with New Mexico. Game one just wrapped up. You defeated the Lobos 15-6 in Albuquerque. You'll go... Tomorrow at two o'clock, um, you are now nineteen and seven on the season. Um, another one of those like interesting stadium setups where like the away radio guys are in the stands. Yeah, they're they're connecting <laughs> with the people. So I, I was listening to the game on the way over here, listening to the Jamie Lent and Mike Gustafson call the game, and this New Mexico fan, probably sitting right next to them. Like, just screaming into the microphone. Oh, my gosh. I was like, 
is so obnoxious. How do you not get into some sort of altercation when they're that close? <laughs> you just like I just imagine like jamming there with his book, like not even looking up. <laughs> yeah, you just can't. You can't look up. Speaking of Gus, Gustus, ugh. Gustafson, Gus. He was on the Dinger Derby podcast. That's right. He was Fantastic on. Fantastic interview this past It week. was. He's, if you enjoy listening to Red Raider baseball and you enjoy <laughs> Gus's color commentary, and why wouldn't you? Because it's, I, I don't know. It, I can't describe it as a self-proclaimed, you know, not huge baseball fan. I, I just get a kick out of hearing Gus because he can turn a phrase. He can paint a picture. He he, you can tell he's just excited to talk about baseball and uh, what I love about baseball too. This seems like you get this from all over across the sport, from fans, from announcers, from everybody. But when a when someone makes a good play, nobody cares who, what team they're on. Everyone just is impressed with the play, and and Gus is no exception. So if if you enjoy his commentary and he's a wealth of knowledge on the sport. He is. Hit up Dinger Derby. And that was last week's episode. Right. That was the Kansas State preview yep. episode. Um, last thing. The Kansas series upcoming this weekend is will only be available on Texas Tech TV. So here's my un... Um, Affiliated. What's that? Sponsored? Uncompensated plug for Texas Tech TV. Free. It's nine ninety five a month. Even if you just got it for these games, which there's going to be more games available, you're basically doing a $3 pay-per-view for these games. The Texas Tech baseball team is worth $3 a game. I can tell you that. If you don't even, re- like, if you don't watch any other game or listen to any other game with your Texas Tech TV subscription, it's still worth it to play Kansas. The cool thing about this is that you're going to be welcoming Brian Haney back to town. Um, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. That's right. He was on our podcast. I do think Keith said he's going to have him on the Dinger Derby podcast. Makes sense. Asking for questions. Um, he's a great dude. He is. I enjoy uh, talking with him back yeah, in the fall about it, the football game. And speaking of someone who just has an encyclopedia of knowledge, talking about Gus, Haney's one of those guys too he about kansas like, yeah well in tech and I, I, he just he can recall a lot of things i remember uh, the interview you did with him he just i think he was wasn't he commuting somewhere wasn't he driving yeah like or he, walking somewhere and he was still just it sounded like he was pulling up facts about about the football team as he was uh talking to you but he wasn't yeah <laughs> he just he just knew them Going into the interview, he asked. Um, he said, "Hey, I've got a, I've got a meeting I need to get to. Depending on how long it goes, I can either do this on my landline to get a clearer sound, or I can do it on a cell phone and I can go, I can go longer until I have to, like have to walk into my meeting." So he left, like his office and traveled to his meeting, whatever. Like drove the whole way and all that kind of stuff during the interview. Couldn't tell because there was no break in his com, his uh, his composure. No, his focus super on professional being able to answer my questions. Like I would have been like just a mess trying to draw oh, me too. I, I would have about, said something under my breath about, well, why don't you just scrape the bumper off my tailgate? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would have said something about a driver. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's one of Samantha's 
things that she says when somebody's like following her really closely, that somebody that that person is sniffing her fart. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's good times. All right. Um, so one more thing. There have been a lot of people that have been down on the baseball team this, this season so far. Um, I would tell you to like, just to hold off, like, no, they're not 26 and O they're not six and O in conference, but your three losses, two of them came against Texas on the road. Um, well, all three of those, your conference losses have come on the road and one run games. Um, the team hasn't been perfect. They've been still figuring things out. You don't have to be perfect to make it back to Omaha. Hmm. You don't have to be as good as you were to make it back to Omaha. You you are allowed to get better. That's that's a Jamie Lint-ism. <laughs> you are allowed to get better over the season. You're not tied to however good you are right now with two months to go. Um, two and a half. It's going to be okay. Just let things ride. I think so too. All right. You sent out a call for questions. I did. And we, we, we got, got football questions. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm telling you, like like in the middle of us go like in the middle of baseball season, in the middle of Texas Tech going to the final four. Every we question ask for is questions football. and it's about football. It's like there's it's gonna be a, like a hard hard hill to climb to change that that mentality. Like yep. Texas Tech is a football school. I think all questions but one. And that's that's also interesting too, just our lack of questions in general over the last few weeks has has been something we've noted and, and we've and, brought and up. And we have one football We scrimmage. have one scrimmage. <laughs> then nothing but football that questions. That only people in Lubbock could, could see. And, yeah, lots of lots of football questions. Okay. So, first up, friend of the show, Rob Bro. Rob Bro. Colt Garrett still a Heisman candidate? Best stats on the team. He's got a shot. He's He's a dark horse. Dark horse candidate. He's he's completing eighty percent of his passes, man. Yeah, he his in the uh, in the scrimmage because I had to pull it up just to make sure he was eight for ten for one hundred and four yards in the scrimmage. That's not a lot of yards per per completion though, or attempt. It's, it's no, but it's eighty percent, eighty percent completion. My goodness, are you are you gonna are you gonna bag the guy for that? That's thirteen yards per completion. Excuse me. Well. That's not bad. <laughs> and 10.4 <laughs> yards per attempt, which is still pretty good. Yeah. I'll take it. The Testosterone Testosterone podcast, who filled in nicely on a on a post-game instant reaction when yes. we couldn't do it this past weekend. Yes. Um, I subscribe think, to go to those guys, by the way. Yeah. Give them, give them a subscribe. Give them a listen. They had, a, they had an instant reaction pod up. When we were unable to do so, they were just waiting to, to jump in. That was great. It's hard not to. I mean, I'm sure there would be if you and I had had the they, the ability they, to do it, we would have done it. Have had a post game. Yes, it's not like they were waiting for us to not do it. Like, oh, they're not doing it. We got to go. No, of course no, not. They're, they're good guys. Um, whoever tweeted this, I think, wants to see Colt Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's pretty, said, pretty hot take. Wish they'd give him an opportunity. And so then I asked back just to kind of clarify, and I, I said, do you think he'll be the backup this season? Because I, I think that's what probably what they're getting at is, wish they'd give Garrett an opportunity as, at QB2. I, I'm pretty happy with Bowman right now based off what I've seen, Dis, despite Garrett's impeccable statistics right now. 
I'm I'm still pretty happy with Bowman. But uh, he then they went on to ask, "What's the status of McIver and Carter?" Which I do not know the answer to. Do you know the answer to that, Spencer? Um, was McIver wasn't a uh, a spring enrollee, so he's not here yet. Okay, that makes sense. Carter, I think. He, he he underwent surgery. Yeah, he he had surgery. I, I think he's going to be out until like the very end of spring practice at the earliest. Yeah, he he had surgery on his his ankle. So by default, almost Garrett should be the third string guy. Right. That's if these these coaches evaluate him differently versus Jet Duffy. But Jet Duffy has so much in game time it it's hard to it's hard to discount that dis, despite the flaws in his game uh <laughs> his his propensity to throw interceptions right i mean the fact that he's started big 12 games and has played pretty darn well and in won a lot big of 12 them. game yeah and almost had that crazy comeback against texas got pretty close till we got crabtree <sighs> yeah i don't mean to bring that up but that's Sorry. I think that's the status of those two. I I didn't think about Carter completely till once we started talking. I remembered seeing that about. Oh yeah, he's out because of his surgery. Yeah, I saw the surgery blurb probably about a month ago, and then of course McIver. Yeah, he's he's not here yet. He's being a senior somewhere. Yeah, and uh, somewhere out here in West Texas, right? Midland. Is he that close? I don't know. Matt Turney <laughs> sends us the one and only basketball question. Um, Culver is second team All-American. Explain this madness to me, Kay thanks. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm okay with Culver not being first team All-American because I think some of us are blinded by his impact to Texas Tech. Because yeah. without a doubt, Texas Tech would not be where they are without him. I just, that does not mean, like, his status as MVP for Texas Tech does not make him All-American. He's got great stats, like first-team All-American. There are so many talented guys in in this game across the country. Um, I'm okay with him being second team. I, I am too. As hard as it, it is to say that, but who do you take out of that I mean, you've got Zion Williamson, Grant Williams from Tennessee, uh, R.J. Barrett, Ja Morant. Is it Ja or mm-hmm. Jay? From Murray State. From Murray State, who was incredible to watch in those first couple of games in the tournament. And then Cassius Winston, who will face um, this Saturday. I I don't know who you – Where? In Minnesota? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> it gets cold up in Minnesota. It's get cold up <laughs> Stay out the streets. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know who you really pluck out of there and and put Culver in instead. Well, see, Guns Up Nation weighed in on this too. Is it like like for that position, Grant Williams may be the closest one that would come out for Culver, but they're like their stats are pretty identical, um, right? But his re- his rebounds and his field goal percentage are better. Yeah, so. you, you you're talking about taking either Williams out or Zion out, 
which is a or, big or RJ Barrett maybe to 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 take out a comparable position uh, of what Culver plays, and I I can't do it. I don't think I could do it. And that's even with I've got the scarletest of scarlet colored glasses, and I, I think he's it's an honor to be on the second team. And who knows if they redo this after Monday or Tuesday, maybe they'll, maybe they'll wheel swap Cassius Winston out or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously they're not going to do that anyway. I, I wasn't offended by it, but it was a, it, it's great to see Texas tech making this kind of news. So I'm, I'm going through a little like inner turmoil here and I don't know what it is. Looking at the the thread of questions from my personal account, there are two that says this tweet is unavailable. Oh, which means I've been blocked. Oh no! I wonder if I can see them. Well, here's the thing: they're not blocked on the other, like on the podcast account. I was like, what did I say to to upset this person? Oh, it's it's jazz. Oh no! Triforce. So, if for some reason you need to go ahead and clear that up and block me on on the on the podcast page, I'm so sorry. But well, maybe, well, uh, hers, I, I think she's got like some security on hers to maybe, maybe you have to follow her or something like that. I don't know. It could be Pretty that sure simple. I did follow. I don't know. I, I'm following her on the, on the, the podcast page. Okay. But if I'm blocked, I don't, I'm so sorry. What did I do? Yeah. Come yeah. back. Please. <laughs> um, she says, I've seen Duffy in some of the videos posted on social media. Haven't seen hide nor hair of the QB with two first names, AK McLean Carter, which I think we've, we've covered. He's right. Right. Injured. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, did he play went under the knife a while back? So that's, yeah, I don't think he's available yet. Right. I don't think he's, I don't, I'm not sure where he is for the final four. How are these students paying to get to MSP? What is MSP? Is that the name of the gym? That's no, a, no, it's us. Not Bank the Stadium. gym. Is that like the is that shorthand for Minneapolis? No, Maybe so. That's backward because the S would be in the end. Yeah, but LBB is Lubbock. Well, that's the airport code. Maybe that's the airport code for Minneapolis. No, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe MSP is the okay. If MSP I, airport. If I had read the rest of her question. <laughs> I literally had a free place to stay and mostly free. This is why you're blocked. Yeah, probably. (laughs) And it still would have been like 2K for me to go to get the game and get back home. My mortgage told my bank account it's not a feasible outing. Yeah, these these tickets are insane. Allison was looking up stuff the other day just for the heck of it, and I think flights out of Lubbock were $1,500. I checked Saturday evening, and it was already like like $1,400 round trip. Oh gosh, at Lubbock. Now I could have flown from Dallas to to Minneapolis for like four hundred dollars round trip. That was Saturday night, though. That's probably changed. Oh, I'm sure that's changed. And I think she found some Airbnbs for eight hundred dollars a night. Oh my gosh, um, but, uh, that's Big Twelve. Uh, not Big Twelve. Sorry, that's Final Four price gouging at its finest. One of the guys at my office, he's he went to Tulsa, he went to Anaheim. Is he going to? He's going to Minneapolis. He Gosh. and his family. It's fantastic. I'm I'm so excited for him. Yeah, I would I've not would not be able to afford this. Uh Dan and Labar are going. And if they I are. if I had a few thousand dollars in <laughs> disposable income in this or just some cash laying around. A, a four I would, day window you could take. I I would join them, right? I yeah. 
I'd go. I don't know if I could fly up there though. I'd probably have to drive or I'd almost drive Uber at this point for for that type of that cash. Coin. My gosh, <laughs> yeah, just 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 rent a car too. Uh, you're still saving money. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, that's nuts. Uh, last thing is from Red Raider Reset Man. What are the odds that some of the best offensive teams in the nation? All seem to have oh, basketball question. Yeah, all seem to have an off night against the team that was picked to finish seventh in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's crazy. That happens so it, often. It's happened four times already. It's it's happened twenty something times. <laughs> I also heard um, one of those Golik and Wingo promo spots that they run, like on commercial breaks. Oh yeah, double ninety seven three. Praising the Michigan State defense for controlling teams. It's like, are you kidding me? What's the difference between Michigan State defense controlling teams and Texas Tech offense like Texas Tech opponents having nah. off nights when they play Texas Tech? No, nah, they just they just lucked out. Texas Tech just lucked out. They, it's ridiculous. They forced um I'm getting salty here. I'm getting <laughs> pissed off. They forced Michigan to to miss. No, wait, no, they didn't. They had nothing to do with Michigan missing eighteen three pointers. Not a thing to do with it. Oh, his in the last half of his question, which I think we we kind of touched on. Uh, he asked also, his uh, second team All American disrespect or an honor? Of course, that's in regards to Culver, and it has to be an honor. I, I think it has to be an honor. I, just I, I can't, I can't see who to swap him out for, but of course, he could make his case this weekend and. That list may look like doo doo. <laughs> Never know. He might he might come scorching out and average twenty seven points in the next two games. Yeah, I said it two. You never know. Two games. But right now, eighty I don't... minutes to another banner, a national championship banner. Well, here's the thing: your Final Four banner. That's forever. That's true. There's no taking that away. You are the West Regional Champions. You. You won a trophy. You cut down the nets. And I, I like how Beard addressed this, and I'm sure other coaches have said it too, but... He was like in awe. Well, he was like, each tournament... say this, Texas Tech is in the final four. That was like his last statement. Yeah, anything else you'd like to say, Coach Beard? Texas Tech is in the final four. And he just jumped to, up. I was trying grinning. to find that, and I couldn't. But the uh, the thing I like is each each destination, they approached it as a four-team tournament. Just like those four-minute... Uh, games, yeah, just cutting it down. Media timeout, cutting it down and cutting it down. It's each each, you know, each weekend's a four team tournament. We need to win our tournament. It just so happens that this four team tournament is for the whole the whole damn thing. So I, I still can't believe it. I can't wait to watch this game. I'm gonna be a mess. I'm already a mess. I know I am too. Just thinking about it, I've got the sweats. The meat sweats. I'm yeah. smoking a brisket this weekend. Oh, you are? Just random. I, well, I, we're I, we're to I, that I, point now. I have to go find. I have to go find one. I was at Walmart then. I was like, these are trash. But I also don't want to spend three sixty a pound at Red Raider at Red Raider Meats. Raider Red Meats. I'll show you when the podcast is over. But my wife picked up some beef shoulder. Beef shoulder at United. United was having some crazy sales on meat today. So I, I was going to go check out United to see if they had a, a, a 
decent deal on brisket. Yeah, I'll I'll show you this because it it's uh I mean it's obviously a different cut of meat, but I've been wanting to smoke something other than a brisket, but smoke it like a brisket for a long time. Yeah. And so this is, this was a cheaper cut of meat and I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to treat it just like I would a brisket and throw it on the smoker and see how it turns out. It may be terrible. It may be great, but yeah, I'll show it to you after we get off here. What's great about it is it's a uniform thickness. So it's, it's I think it's thicker than a flat. When you get just a brisket flat, I think it's thicker than that, but it's just uniform the whole way. So you're not dealing with like the point and the flat and kind of the weird cooking temps of that. So I'm excited to mess with that. Yeah, I'm not sure how we're cuz this is one of those things where I, I'm I've committed a, I've committed us to bring brisket to a family thing. So it has to be done at a certain time. This is your first brisket on this I know. On the smoker too, isn't it? It's going to be a disaster, isn't it? It's going to be fun. You mastered those beef ribs. You're good. I'm scared. You don't be worried about it. Also, um, now that I'm putting down Raider Red meats, because they have a uh, March Madness sale going on, those that want to do uh, pulled pork, they've got Boston butts right now for 99 cents a pound. That's cheap. Go get you one. Get you some of that. Because that's at least 50% off normal price. Yeah. And they usually run 8 to 12 pounds. So you're looking at spending $8 for pulled pork. Get it. Yep. Their brisket prices aren't on. Their brisket is not on sale. No. Currently. <laughs> also, I, I don't know if like is something you have to call them and, and get specifically, but like only things they have listed are the... They've got the aged brisket and the prime aged. I was like, I don't want an aged brisket because they're, you know, they're they're funky. They're four dollars a pound or whatever. Well, also they're like black, and you have to trim all that crap off. I was like, I already don't know what I'm doing. I'm trimming a brisket. <laughs> oh, me neither. I have to. Trim every time off. it's a every time it's it's a disaster. It's an adventure, not a disaster. <laughs> okay. Going do, yard. Do some going yard, bro. Weeknight lawn work. Get you some. I mowed the yard last night again. Love it. It looks really nice. It looks it looks really nice right now. It doesn't even look real, especially next to your neighbors with Bermuda. <laughs> it looks so good. Um, so yeah, just just an update for those that care, which I'm sure there's like zero people that care. Fescue is awesome. Turf yeah. type tall fescue, baby. It's pretty cool if you like to mow, which I do. Yeah, I do, and do. so I have a small yard too, which is probably the thing. Like if it was a lot bigger. I'm like, this sucks. I have to mow this thing twice a week. I've got like 3000 square feet. So it's not like it takes me very long. I think it took me in total to mow, weed eat and then blow everything off 35 minutes. No way. And I wasn't running. It never take. Oh my gosh. It takes me so much longer to do mine. Like, how are you? Like, are you crawling behind your mower? No. (laughs) Have have you seen how much I have to edge? It takes me longer well, to well, edge than to mow. I I didn't edge. Ah, uh, because the edge I did the last time is still is still workable. I have to edge completely around my house. I don't edge all the time. Well, you, you got yeah, you got a long sidewalk. I don't. Yes, very long. 
Yeah, goes goes way back. Anyways, going yard. It, it looks good. I've got a couple spots where the dog is, is digging to get to the neighbor dogs, which I've now blocked off with chicken wire. Okay. So like, I basically took a tent stake and staked it in the ground so the tops aren't secured. And I initially put them up facing the wrong way because like it, it rolls. It's so like it rolled outward. No, no, it, it rolled inward towards what I was trying to block off. Okay. So she was able to push herself into the enclosure. And then not get out? And then not be able to get out. I was like, oh, <laughs> stupid dog. I had to go like pick her up and take her out and like reset the whole thing. Um, the problem was like, yes, it keeps her from digging and making it worse. Because I've got like two big like dirt patches now because she's dug up all my grass here and I'm mm-hmm. fuming mad about it. Because I put down a pre-emergent, I can't reseed those spots yet. They're going to be oh, dirt for a while. man. <laughs> Because if I had put seed down, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't germinate, or if they germinated, they would get blocked by the pre-emergent and die off anyways. So I'm gonna have these spots for a while. I I, I gives knew, it character. I I don't know why I I sprayed those dirt spots when I did. I was like, this is dumb. I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> I had that thought when I sprayed the dirt. I was like, there's nothing there. I sprayed it anyways, and now I'm regretting it. So Michael, what did we learn this week? I learned that. A fellow by the name of Tyler made doing a, the Lord's work. Yes, made a Spotify <laughs> playlist of Coach Beard's fireside chat recommendations. I, I mean, going back to the very first one, he's even got a couple of different versions of some of these songs in there. And I saw that he had the Jerry Jeff Walker and Guy Clark version of L.A. Freeway. Uh, a couple other ones sprinkled in there that I can't think of off the top of my head, but. Um, thank you, Tyler. There's a if if y'all go to our post on either on Podbeam or on Staking the Plains where we post this podcast, you can see the link to the Spotify playlist. What's the playlist called? Um, oh man, let me let me pull it open. I think it's yeah, or just Google or not Google or just search on Spotify for uh, Coach Beard's Fireside Chat songs. Sorry, not possessive. Coach Beard. Yeah, got it. Fireside chat songs. Two followers, about to be three. You guys ready for this? Like, uh, now there are three followers. Yeah, got some, got some Wu Tang Clan, some Mama, little, some little baby, Merle Haggard, some Merle, <laughs> Travis Tritt, Notorious B.I.G., Houdini, <laughs> Gin and Juice. <laughs> Man, it's Josh Abbott. It's pretty good. Tulsa wow. time from Don Williams. Yes, nice. Some Flatland Cavalry, as as I've mentioned several times, one of my personal favorites. Um, anyway, thank you, Tyler. Good job on good job you on getting that playlist put together. Yes, sir. Um, so sorry, I I tried to look this up, and this is not the right spot. I'm going to apologize. I haven't been able to listen to it yet. I think I found. The part in the the post game press conference where Chris Beard says that Texas Tech is in the Final Four. Is he wearing the gray polo? No. Oh, maybe suit. I'm wrong. This is like the immediate post game. Oh, okay. Or was it the pregame one for? No, no, no. It was. I think that's. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. No, it's, the it's gray. Travel and spend time together. And, uh, it's going to be a special week for us. Okay, we'll open up the questions. Where's Nope, that wasn't it. 
Yeah. Sorry. I was looking for it. Anyways, you know what I did find, though? You ready for this? I'm ready. So I saw the team practicing today, and they had this playing in the background. As we sat on the front porch, they had it last week too. House where I was born and raised. This is be like a regular. This is of course on the Spotify playlist. No, it's not. At the dusty what? Where it needs to be. Well, I remember. He's got. I, I'm going to be somebody. Okay. Okay. I remember uh, but don't you ever Chris Level saying last year, was it Chris Level or Haxton, talking about the guys were singing this song at the tournament last year. So it's it's a part of Chris Beard's DNA, this song. And it's a part of these players' DNA. They've heard it so much. They were singing it as they were warming up. <laughs> they also, like, you were telling me the story, you are reminding us of the story where Beard was like it was a video of him singing this on the bus wasn't it oh you know what I had it wrong it was his daughter filming it he was driving home he was driving home okay. from a big game uh, last year and he was he was singing it into like a pen or a pencil while he was driving and his his daughter was filming it and, and tweeted it out it was great yeah good times well alright that'll do it for us this week Hope we've prepared you sufficiently for the final four matchup between Texas Tech and Michigan State. If and when Texas Tech advances, championship game will be on on Monday. There may or may not be some post-game recordings going on this weekend. <laughs> we shall see. Um, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us again for the 23 Personnel Podcast. I remember feeling guilty when daddy turned and walked back in the house. I was only 17 back then, but I thought that I knew more than I know now. I can't say he didn't warn me, this city life's a hard road to hold. How a dream can turn around Where corn don't grow Hard times are real There's dusty fields